0: what's going on guys (laughs) oh if you it's a bit of a joke um if you haven't watched it go check out now this um their latest video on saying guys in a very general way i think it's a little ridiculous and uh actually um but hey so i'm gonna you know that was a little knock on them. But anyways, a recap of week one of the NFL season. It has been crazy so far, um, and we've barely played one game. I think it's kind of incredible, actually. Uh, lots and lots and lots of, lots of updates. Of course, uh, if you don't know already, I am an Eagles fan, so you're going to hear, yes, I will talk general NFL, but it's gonna, you're going to see you know, a slight lean or emphasis maybe on Eagles stuff. But I'll try and cover most of the basics. So the very first NFL game of the season, the Packers-Bears, was a sloppy, sloppy affair that the Packers, to everybody's surprise, won. Um, which I think was hilarious because the Bears just kind of imploded on themselves. I mean, the Packers weren't doing much better, but they at least they were sloppy but managed to score And in, in a sloppy game. <laughs> Whoever just kind of manages to score uh, gets it. So there's that. Um, Then, of course, uh, my uh, Eagles. It was a terrible first half, uh, 20-7, to going into halftime. And I was like, oh, my gosh. We're about to lose to the the Redskins. And then second half comes out and a couple bombs. So Deshaun Jackson later, we're back in this game, and the Eagles won it, 32-27. Surprising win, I think, uh... Everyone loves seeing Deshaun Jackson back, so I think that's going to be exciting and explosive and going to add another, add another dimension to the offense because, I mean, Alshon, it was somewhat of a deep threat, but not like Deshaun who can just sprint behind you, and so it's going to, I think, open up the offense a little bit. Um, defense kind of looked terrible. The Titans, oh, this is, this is going to be a fun story. I'll go over the scores, and then we'll, uh, I'll come, I'll, I'm going to have to come back to the team. The Titans blew out the Browns. Which brings me to one of the main headlines about today. The Browns. They are who we thought they were. The Browns. The Browns. Look, I know last year was a building year for them. Big deal. Yes, very big deal. Not that I'm not happy for them. You know, Baker came in. Culture seems to be kind of changing. But when you've been in a two-decade slump of absolutely abysmal play, setting records for how bad you are, you're not gonna come out of it, and you're not gonna work out everything in one or two seasons. It's gonna take a few years to fully gonna get all that nonsense out and really start to build on something. That's why they call it rebuilding. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. To use in cliche. Because they got they're starting to get some of the pieces together, and I think everyone saw they have Jarvis Landry, they have Nick Chubb, they have Odell Beckham, they've got Baker at the helm, they have Njoku, who's a pretty good tight end, they have pretty solid defense, pretty decent line, like, and so like awesome. Well, um, not to be the hater and the I told you so person because I never really talked, I didn't do a preseason show, so you guys won't know this specifically, but I have not been totally sold on the Browns and. Like when they, I, of course, it was just clickbait stuff when they said Brown Super Bowl odds skyrocket and all this stuff when they were getting these players. And I'm like, look, first of all, personally, not a huge Odell Beckham fan. Not necessarily for his play, but it's all the extra stuff. But that's just me. I'm not against personality until it really bleeds into, until it morphs into this weird, egotistical blending with your play and affecting your your on-the-field stuff, then I'm like, ah, right. But, you know, sometimes you got to take the bad with the good, I guess, and that's how it goes. So I think he's kind of a bit of a prima donna and just more than I care for. But ultimately an amazing, amazing receiver. Can't doubt that. Guy's a serious talent. Um, they got him, you know, and it's not going to be all rainbows from from the get-go. I think we saw Baker scrambling a lot, trying to do a lot of what I would call college-esque ball. Problem is, he's not in college anymore. He's playing, basically, a league of college all-stars slash superstars. Guys that were, for the most part, awesome in college, the best in college, all got together and made a Super League, basically. Like, that's what the NFL is, for lack of a better term. And... I think he was just kind, of, kind of trying to sling and you know, kind of gunsling and do his own thing from that standpoint. Not understanding that can't get away with that as much as the league. Also, Titans' defense were just showing him up. Um, he got hit a lot, didn't really have much time. Uh, I think it comes back to you can have all the talent in the world, skill positions, but if you don't have an O line that can do give you any sort of time, you are not gonna go anywhere because you are gonna get snapped, you are gonna get rushed, you are gonna get sacked. Every play's a broken play, and at that point. I mean, it helps to have skill guys, but at the end of the day, you're not going to win 10, 12, 13 games a year playing like that. And if you do, you're not going to make it through healthy. Um, but, yeah, the Titans trounced them. Um, but the Ravens, which, before I freak out on this, it was the Dolphins, the dumpster fire Dolphins, who, if you didn't see, half the team requested a trade after week one. Half the team, not an accurate stat there, but half the team, don't fact check me, don't at me, requested a trade. It's not like one guy, like they had one's big name or this or a couple guys. They had like multiple people. I, I remember the headline, it just said, Miami players ask, call agents and ask for trades. And I was just like, wait a minute, what? Because they got trounts fifty nine to ten um, the ravens showed that they 've got something special there Lamar Jackson is that can be that dude, and he 's got some weapons, and I think there, there could be something there look i 'm not going to sit here and say they 're going to be amazing by any stretch, still young, still early, but they 've got some sort of foundation going. This one kind of surprised, surprised me well. I will say, I th- I I'll say this. I think, I expected this to be closer, but the Falcons and Vikings, the Vikings took them 28-12, which the Falcons are all gas pedal on offense and they do have a little bit of defense, but the Vikings, Vikings are pretty stout. They're looking pretty good. Um, oh, gosh. I do not even mention this game. Then we have, what do I call this, the trash compactor game, the Bills of the Jets. Ooh. Bills won by one point. Barn burner. Um, two trash teams playing, and look the jets have some talent, some possible upside, but is the jets bills i don 't even know what 's going on don 't really care what 's going on i don't think anybody has. as next Rams panthers taught now that one was hard fought didn 't really see much of it, just saw some highlights, but the rams barely squeaked out um I do have Jared Goff in a fantasy league, and also Todd Gurley, and they didn't produce very much. So the Panthers, Panthers were Panthers. The Panthers are there. Christian McCaffrey's that dude too. Um, but that was that was a good one. Those I think those teams are both to be solid this year. Uh, Chiefs Jaguars 40-26, No one surprised. Big condolence to Nick Foles. Feel bad for that guy. He um, broke his collarbone. Week one, game one, got a big fat contract. You know, dude's got an arm. Uh, being a Philly fan, there's a certain affection. The man changed his number because he said that number means something in Philly. We won a Super Bowl. We did it there. I can't just sling that number around everywhere else I go. How can you not respect and just honestly just love that about a guy? Like, are you kidding me? That's awesome. So I hope I hope a speedy recovery. Um, shoot, I even hope that There's kind of a miraculous recovery, and, you know, it's super fast, and you can get here by the end of the season, but I doubt that happens. But kind of a bummer for the Jags. Chiefs obviously won because Mahomes and crew slinging. Uh, Chargers and Colts were close, a couple mid-level teams. Um, I was just surprised, but to be honest, don't really know much about the Colts at all this year outside of Andrew Luck retiring, so I kind of chalked them up as an L and was like, they kind of went off to the side to me. Um, But the fact they put up some numbers – Um, They moved the ball, and the charge ultimately came out on top, but um, very interesting game. This one, too. The Bengals are better than I thought, or the Seahawks are just not, are just the Seahawks of yesteryear, you know? Like, they're just a shell of their former selves, which I think is absolutely true, you know, but the Seahawks have just kinda of been perennial you know, pretty good. But twenty one twenty, real barn burner there. That one. Uh supposedly John Ross supposed to do some big things there and uh, Joe Mixon who I think injured his ankle. But exciting game. Uh, this game oh this is a game I wish could've ended in a tie, but it both counted as an L or it could have just been canceled altogether. This is my NFC East rivalry coming out, but The Cowboys and the Giants. Ooh. Cowboys slung it all over the Giants. Hey, good job there. Way to trounce a trash team. Everybody knew it was going to be trash going into the sea. Way to go. Way to stop Saquon Barkley and others. I'm not going to say in crew because crew implies like there's a bit of a team. And others. It's just warm bodies. Look, they got Sterling Shepard. They got Eli. They got young quarterback. Sure. But all in all, overall, Giants trash. So way to put up a fight. Uh, I was hoping the Cowboys would lose. I was hoping they both would lose somehow, but that never happens. Lions and Cardinals was crazy for week one. We have our first tie. <laughs> Ugh, I hate the NFL for that. One thing I hate about the NFL is for some reason it holds to it holds true to its to the roots of the of the sport football. Meaning it holds true to soccer roots, where in the regular season you can tie. You can tie? I, I hope that wasn't too loud. I had to back up from the mic to yell about that one. But you can tie? Oh, my goodness. I'm glad they updated the overtime rules. It used to be first score, sudden death, golden goal. And so it was like you get the ball, you just get in field goal range, boom, game. And that's kind of trashy. Now it's they each get a possession, but then after that it's golden goal. But then if it goes, they both kick field goals, and then nobody does anything with the rest of their time. It's a tie, ugh. But I think Kyler Murray, they really struggle in the first half. But the thing about Kyler Murray is he's, he's he's cool, composed, and the man fights. He fights once again. I'm in Oklahoma, so I follow Oklahoma and Oklahoma State football a little bit closer than most. But I mean, I think we can all. I think he was enough in a spotlight, big enough deal that you know you saw him in college, and that was the miraculous thing. Is like he just keeps grinding in the game, no matter where he's at, and it's I think that. Resonates with the rest of his teammates. Uh, 49ers and Bucks. Once again, two teams I don't really care a whole lot about, but the, the Niners slung it, you know? 31 um, 17. Went up over them. So, uh, kind of surprising there. Um, don't really care what either of those teams are going to do. And then let's get to the Sunday night game. Ooh. So I don't remember if I—I'm co- pretty sure I covered this in my bonus bonus episode, but A.B. signing with the Pats—he wasn't playing this week, obviously, and he cleared for practice. And I'm gonna get to some more updates on that in a minute, and just my thoughts around it. But the Pats whew, trounced the Steelers. I'm sure you watched it, but oh my gosh, it was 33 to three. Just no chance at all. And they don't even have Antonio Brown yet. Which is insane. Ugh. The Patriots are the Patriots. Once again, every time, they're right there uh, looking poised for another Super Bowl run. So, yeah, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, mad respect for them and the dynasty, the two-decade dynasty that they've had and the system they've built there. You know, you can respect it, but then at the same time, it's like, gosh, I'm tired of them being in the Super Bowl. But, uh, anywho, uh oh, my page needs to refresh. So they smoked them. So then we had a doubleheader Monday night. Pretty cool. Um, the Saints, Texans. Uh, what a game. I don't know if you watched that or not, but. They, whoa, excuse me. Whoo. But that was that was a tight one. Goodness. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny because just when you thought the Texans, the Saints go down, and do their thing. And then you're like, and then Deshaun Watson in like three plays in 13 seconds, with 50 seconds left. I think like three plays later, <sighs> grabs a TD. To immediately Lee scores fifty seconds, and then he scores, and there's still thirty-seven seconds. And you're like, "Uh, what?" So I thought the Saints are about to get upset, and then Drew does his thing, getting field goal range, thirty to twenty-eight, close it out. So kudos to them. That was quite the game, but I think both those teams are poised for for good years. Um, Deshaun had a little kink in his back early there, which you got to watch out for. You got to be careful of that because at least as an Eagles fan, last season I remember what happened. Deshaun, uh, not Deshaun, Carson Wentz. Turns out, you know, he had slight back issues all year, so that was uh, that was fun for us. And uh, that's why he had – and so he struggled. But moving forward, Raiders-Broncos, And be honest, um, well, first of all, my connection cut out on my – because I was streaming the game. Connection cut out going into the third because I was staying up to actually watch some of it. And so I was like, all right, I'll take that as a sign. Uh, Take that as God saying, hey, go get some rest. Let it go until tomorrow. So I did. And at the time, the Raiders were stomping them. Well, I say stomping. It went up 14-0. And, yeah, it was kind of a bit of a blowout there. At least seemingly, it was all Raiders all day. And I wake up, and it ended up being 24-16. to So Joe Flacco's doing something with the Broncos. I think they'll be a mid-level team. The Raiders actually looked pretty darn good. So, yeah, Antonio Brown wasn't there, but... I still look pretty, pretty freaking good. But that closes out, you know, kind of the football talk that happened. Now let's get into—it's still football. It's about people in the NFL, but it's not about the, the game really. Well, one half is. So we'll start with Antonio Brown. Um, man, that guy. Things just keep coming up with him. He. <laughs> So he gets on the Pats, poised. You know, he didn't practice, poised for week two. What happens? Oh, minor. Uh, I say minor. <laughs> you know, just one little minor hiccup. You know, here, just uh, old trainer just accuses him of rape and uh, sexual assault, three different cases. But she's, but she's bringing a civil suit. There's no criminal court uh, hearing. Which I did not realize and had explained to me that there's actually a difference there. So on her part, this is smart because civil court doesn't require beyond a reasonable reasonable doubt, it just requires you to convince a jury. And I was like, Oh, that's very interesting. I did not know that about that. And so the 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 burden of proof, if you will, the level into which she has to uh Convince these folks is way lower. Um, the threshold, if you will, is way, way, way lower than if she. Um, then, if sorry about that, total brain fart. Than if she were to try and you know press charges now, police might investigate the NFL and the Pats are obviously going to investigate. But this one, and they actually released emails that supposedly were from Antonio. uh, That first of all, this is this is a grown man um, that were probably one of the hardest things to read for me. There's zero punctuation and it was basically written in text message shorthand so it was instead of and um it was you or it was in um it was y- the letter u which i can deal with but there was zero punctuation and it was very um it was kind of difficult to read but basically from that message you could get that antonio tried to i uh, you know there was there was a fling there right and he tried or in but then she apparently was trying to get him to um, – he, he referenced, you know, you're trying, to, you're trying to get a come up through me and, you know, I'm not, I'm not that guy. You can't pull the wool over my eyes. Basically what he was saying, except he didn't use those terms. He didn't use old people terms like me. And so basically she was trying to con him out of some money and use him to, to invest in her business, but it was really kind of something shady. So that's why he kind of – so he came at her like that, sent her these very nasty emails. And then now I think this is kind of – here's where I stand on it. Serious accusations that I'm going to take seriously, but I'm going to wait for the evidence to come out. Based upon what I know, it seems like there was – nobody's completely innocent in terms of she might have been trying something shady, but it sounds like also he – might have some misconduct going some sexual misconduct going on um, as to what the extent of that is. do not know, and i 'll wait for the evidence and This is actually a case where I was worried um, where nowadays it's people I worry about people the overreaction from people with um, because you have certain movements where it's like women come forward and they say accuse guys of things and people are immediately jumping to the conclusion that we need to believe the woman because we don't want to victim blame we don't want to do all that stuff and I agree with you there but but then we've had situations where once once we actually start to dig into the evidence the evidence says hey there's not there's really not much validity you can't put a whole lot of weight into um give give the give these accusations a whole lot of weight and it's it's actually caused this in general and I won't go in too deep to it i think a lot of times now people are working backwards it's guilty until proven innocent meaning you hear you'll you'll say things like if you i watched this change my mind steven crowder um good stuff i like him where it was uh he said basically he got This girl got into a place where it was she was claiming Trump was a racist. He said, prove it to me. She said, prove to me he's not a racist. And I was like, and it was purely, purely indicative of kind of where things stand in a lot of ways with now it's guilty until proven innocent. That's what that is right there is, hey, I'm going to make an accusation. You need to prove to me I'm wrong when that's not the case at all. It's actually the flip side. That's how our legal system works. But I also think I think. In a general sense, in a grander, more abstract sense, I think that is the correct way. Is you're assumed innocent, and people burden of proof is on the a- the accuser. So, um, yeah. Anyways, we'll see where this lands. Um, in this situation, I'm just I'm just gonna sit back and wait and see for the evidence to unfold. You know, I think there might be some validity in what he did, but I also think there might be some malintent on her part. Um, this is these are always tricky, sticky situations. But now let's get to. I don't know if I want to call it the real story, but the, the real big story from week one that I'm sitting here saying, what is going on? And that's Odell Beckham Jr. wearing a, I've heard different numbers, a several hundred thousand dollar watch. It retails for like 180,000, but people think it, there's only 500 made, so it's worth like $350,000 a watch during a game. Now, we'll say this. It didn't match the Browns' uniform, so way to, way to be in style. Um, good job there. But what? In-game, during the game, throughout the whole game, wore a $350,000 watch. So before we get into any of the details of what people said, is, first is I, I, I come at it from the pragmatic sense. All right. Um, I wear a watch, and you know I like to know what time it is. But I think there's definitely situations where it's like, it's kind of irrelevant. And so I look in the terms of a football game. What would you need a watch for? Well, I don't think it was a smart watch or a Fitbit with taking your heart rate or tracking a workout. So that's out. I think this is, a, this is one of those high-end fashion, you know, Rolex status sort of watches. There is no reason coming to mind. Now, if I'm missing something and you listen to this, and you say, this is a reason, a practical reason, please. No reason comes to mind. I, I see zero reason or use for a wearing, wearing a wristwatch in a football game. You don't even know what time it is. You're playing the game. You know how long it takes. It's going to take a couple hours. You know, the time that you watch is the time, is, is the time on the clock. There is, I find zero reason, zero need, I will say, for having a watch on your wrist. So, no practical reason. So, for me, in this instance, who's a guy who, I'm like, look, I'm about football. Look, just football. That's what I'm about. Um, Why, why what are you doing? That's... There's no if there's no practical reason here, it's not helping you with manage the game or something involving the game. Not gonna wear it now because uh, people might say, well, you know, a lot of guys wear like sleeves or like little things like that, you know. And no, I'm not. I'm not for. It. I've never even been a fan of them wearing their earrings with their helmets. I've never understood that because that was definitely not not a thing that I was ever cause so. I got my ears pierced, but that's a real life concern that you could rip an earring out because getting hit on the helmet, you're getting pressure you're, or you get hit in the way and your helmet gets ripped off. And I'm like, that's a, that, no thanks. Just the thought of that. I'm like, uh-uh, I'm out. But whatever, man, guys. And then, it, you know, so guys have, sh- I'm sure lost thousands of dollars in diamond earrings and just ridiculous. I'm like, all right, no point. The chain thing, whatever. I can live with that. Um, Earrings, I guess I can kind of live with that. But then a watch, I'm like, all right, now what are you doing? So there's no practical reason. What would be... The only other reason is it would be some sort of fashion statement or to, to, to have exactly what had happened. People noticed. Articles were written. Everyone talked about it on all the morning shows. Odell Beckham wore a watch. And then the question became... Is there a rule broken here? Like, I don't feel like that's within the rules, and turns out they have a policy against hard objects. So, it could it kind of gray area, you know, could fall under not, and because hard objects could cause injury. Now, I don't think that watch is necessarily. If you think about it, you know, it's it's hitting someone is going to cause them injury. I don't think it, it might, if anything, Bruce. Odell's wrist. But I still think, in in terms of just the impact of uh, the watch, you know, hit me on the arm. Ooh. But I still think there's reason to not wear it. I still think it's a hazard. I think it's a hazard for this reason, and I think it should be, like, action should be taken against him, and he should be not allowed to wear that watch. And I'm already annoyed at the fact that even talking about this, and this is even a thing, this is why this is why I'm not really a huge fan of Odell Beckham because crap like this. Now, some people might say, well, he's had controversy before. So now he's under a microscope. That may be true. That may be true. And so he may be, but at the same time, I think there's a good case to, he brings this on himself. Like there's, cause I just look at, there's tons of guys out there that do have personality and do have, and, and do, you know, and do express themselves but don't find themselves in the, in the light like this. Here's my thing. Watch tiny... It's, it's definitely got... Probably definitely got metal in it. It's definitely got um, glass on it, probably. I'm not worried about the watch doing damage from blunt force. I'm worried about blunt force doing damage to the watch, and then the watch becoming a hazard in that sense. bunch of tiny metal pieces, shattered glass, things like... So basically I'm saying he gets hit and there's a high impact on the watch and it pretty much explodes or it busts open. And then you're going to have all these tiny pieces everywhere. And you, it could, so first and foremost, it's hazard going to someone's eyes, something like that. But then secondly, um, broken metal, broken glass or sharp. So you're talking about cutting guys and then it could be left on the field and guys are getting smashed in the grass. And I mean, it, it, while, while being small, that's still a risk. And you don't want that to happen. Because the thing is, it may, if it happens within the realm of a football game, you may not realize that I've got, you might feel a little pinched, but you may not realize you've got a piece of glass in you or something like that. And that could lead to other things happening. Like a little piece of metal, oh, and then it rusts and you get tetanus, and then you have serious problems and you're talking infection. Yeah, I'm out. And so for that reason, I think it definitely violates a hard object pro- policy, or at least a policy that involves um, risking of injury. And, and then also, you've broken a quarter-million-dollar watch. You've shattered that. So all in all, I think this is stupid. I think, A, the fact that you decided to wear a watch, stupid. Um, B, in fact, it's become a story, which it's one of those begrudgingly things, yes, it's a story, don't want to talk about it, but at the same time, you kind of have to address it because it's one of those things like, oh, that's never really been done before. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Sports historians, there's other people that have worn watches in game and hasn't become a thing. Then, then I'll say this. The next part is Odell came back and said, if this, if this had been anyone else but me, it wouldn't be a problem. $20 watch, wouldn't matter. No one would bat an eye. They would go about their day. I disagree. I don't think so. Because I thought about it and I say, I can't remember a time with people wearing a watch. I think this is kind of a first time. So in that case, he he could be correct in saying that, but there's zero evidence or what I would call Yeah, there's zero zero evidence that would point to that fact. Meaning, nobody's ever done this before. So you're setting the precedent. So whether that's true or not is kind of irrelevant. And also, there's no way to prove that. So at that point, it's just how you feel. And and he definitely feels like... He anything he does gets highly scrutinized, which it does a lot of times because you're in the spotlight because you've done controversial stuff that has caused you to get highly scrutinized, so now you're getting highly scrutinized for everything, and you just blame it on that. But the problem is you keep doing semi-controversial stuff so then you keep on getting highly scrutinized because now people are watching you. See the problem there? See the problem there? He's never going to listen to this episode, but if that's what I would say to him. And, and you see the problem? It's like when you, when you stir up the water... People look at you and say, man, that guy stirs up the water. And then you're like, oh, man, now they're watching me. And then, So then maybe you do something more, mi- a little bit more mild, but then people are saying, whoa, he's messing with the water again. You may not be stirring up the water. You may just be putting your foot in the water. And it's like, dude, I'm just putting my foot in the water. Yeah, but the problem is you set a precedent already where you stir up the water, and so now people are going to watch. So you kind of got to let that die down. Um... So that's I mean that's kind of where I stand on that. It's just like, dude, come on, what are you even doing? And that claim is that claim is not quite as crazy. Is a subtler way of saying what A B said around the whole helmet thing initially, which was Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. You guys are gonna let them wear their old helmet and not even bad an nine. This won't even be a thing. So basically, he was trying to say that. I think he. I think he was also. He was not only trying to play like the. He's getting picked on, but he but he is a superstar like these guys, so he shouldn't be picked on. Um, I think he was kind of going that route, but I also think he was kind of going more the race route too, saying, "Oh, these white QBs, you're not gonna, huh, but the the black receiver, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna come out for it." But then he was quickly disproved, and that was quickly proved incorrect when reports immediately came out saying Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady both accepted new approved helmets, and didn't bat an eye, didn't question a thing. Said, yeah, give me that new helmet. It's better. Because they have common sense. I think AB's just gone off the crazy train. So we'll see, we'll see if AB even pans out. But I, I just hate this stuff, honestly. Like, I'm here to enjoy football, and it's becoming more, less about football and more about the show. I don't have a problem with sideshow when it's still mostly about football. But at this point, it's not even about football. It's it's about he wore a watch and now he feels targeted by it. Why are you wearing a stinking watch in the first place? Just don't do weird, crazy stuff like that. And if you say, well, that's me. That's who I am. You're... You're an idiot. No, at that point, you're trying to force it. That, is, that that crosses the line of, I'm just being obnoxious. You're just finding a way to do something to be obnoxious, to push the line, push the boundaries. you have seen this a thousand times before, Nat, and, and you see this all the time in kids. There's that one kid who's not quite being wrong, but he's just kind of pushing the line, being obnoxious, pushing the boundaries, and you're like, dude, just quit. Just quit. Why? We, we, and you're not even pushing what I would call good boundaries or questioning things that that you know, that might make sense where you see a disparity you're just wearing a freaking watch so i'm sick of it let me know if you're sick of it or what you think if you think i'm off please tell me i'd love to hear or you know you know if i haven't looked into it at all but you know i said i've never heard of anyone else trying to wear a watch maybe it's happened maybe other people have worn watches gotten away with it historically and so then that would maybe that would give a little bit of what I would call corroboration to story of he's getting kind of picked on. At the same time, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm I'm still gonna say, look, I think anybody who's kind of decided where watch in football game, especially in an NFL game, is stupid. But if there have been other guys that haven't been picked on, then I'm gonna say, all right, NFL, or all right, people, we gotta we gotta crack down on everybody there. You know, you gotta be across the board with it. You gotta have a standard. Um, but that's. <laughs> That's kind of my wrap-up on week one. There were some interesting games. There were some blowout games. I think there's been some prizes as far as fantasy goes. I know there are a lot of moves made. It's always interesting to see how things pan out. Um, then there were some annoyances, if you want to call them. So let's, let's preview week two. I'm going to give my picks. Um, see if I remember my picks. I actually should remember my picks because I have to do this. I'm in a pigskin pick em as a side pot for one of my leagues. So um, we'll just go ahead and do that. Bucks at Panthers. Um, I'm going to go with the Panthers. Um, Bucks, you know, got whooped by the Niners and the Panthers barely lost to the Rams, but I, I, from what I know, I don't really pay much attention to the Panthers or the Bucks. I mean, a, a little bit. I try and stay plugged in, but, uh, the Panthers seem to be doing something. So that should be interesting. Uh, 49ers at Bengals. Man, that's going to be a close one. Cincy is a favorite. Barely. Um, I'm going to lean towards Cincy on this one. To to the Bengals. Which, if you would have talked to me last week, I would definitely have been favoring the 49ers. But with the show that the Bengals put up, I'm going to go Bengals. Bengals take that one. Chargers at Lions. Gosh, that one's a close one, too. They're giving the Chargers two and a half point favorite. But I like Matthew Stafford as that fourth quarter drive uh, comeback guy. Hmm, but I don't think they really have a running game. Chargers it is. Vikings-Packers. I'm going Vikings, even though Green Bay is the favorite. Played a sloppy first game, but they've had more time. to. They've had a long week since they played Thursday night. Now they're playing on Sunday. It's in in, uh, Green Bay. It is a rivalry game, though, so I think the Packers will put up a good fight. But nonetheless, I think the Vikings are a little bit more put together, a little bit more there, a little bit more well-rounded. I'm going to go Vikings, even though Green Bay is a three-point favorite. So I'm going with the upset. Colts-Tennessee. I'm going to go Tennessee, their three-point favorite. Um, their defense was stout against the Browns, albeit it was the Browns, but now they're playing the Colts, who surprisingly had a decent offense last week against the Chargers, who I don't think have much of a defense. Patriots-Dolphins. Uh, <laughs> I think that's an easy one. Pats all day. It's more of a question of how bad are they going to beat them. Um, at this point, it almost feels like uh, Miami is just going to end up being practice squad players with uh, everyone requesting a trade. Um, yeah, so we'll go we'll go Pats. I think they're going to it's they're going to put up like 45. The over under right now is 48 points. I think they're going to put up at least 45 and it's going to be like a 45 to 7 type. So I'd take the over on that if I was doing that. Uh but Pats all day. Bills Giants. Oh, that is our trash compactor of the week. Bills at Giants and I'm going to go with Well, oh, I thought I had this cleared out, and then I looked at the line. Buffalo's favored by one and a half points. Um, don't really care about the over-under, but it's 44. I'm going to go under. Saquon, but the Bills seem to be able to piece together something. Oh, wait, what am I doing? Duh, Bills all day. I need. To, I want the Giants to lose as much as possible because they're trash. The NFC East rivalry st- status. I don't even know why I thought about that one. I went pure football for a second and forgot about forgot about who I am. I apologize. Seahawks, Steelers. Hmm. Pittsburgh is four and a half point favorite. Interesting. Interesting. Because after the showing they put on last week, I don't I don't really have much faith in them. Um. So. But maybe they maybe they come back strong after getting whooped like that. Maybe they get it together. You know what? I'm gonna am I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the odds here. Steelers. Because they're at home, and I think, and they've got good pieces still. Cowboys, Redskins. Once again, this is one of those where I wish both they both could lose, they both could tie. Dallas is five point favorite. If we're talking realistically, um, ugh, oh, I I almost can't even physically say this right now. Oh, but from a football standpoint, I think Dallas is gonna win. Oh gosh. I I hate that I, that I even utter that. Um, so they, I think, will win. However, I would love for them to lose because the Skins lost, and I think the Skins are going to put up a good fight. Um, and it's it's on. It's in D.C. It's in Maryland, I guess. So ugh, Cowboys there. Ugh. Can't move on. Cardinals. Ravens. Going Ravens. But I think the Cardinals put up a good fight. They're thirteen and a half point favorite. I I think you know they put on. They had a really good flash last week of what they can do. Um, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. If it is, I'll be pleasantly surprised. And the Ravens, we will be talking about them, folks. But I think it's. I think the Cardinals put up a decent fight. Um, You know, I think it'll be like a twenty-seven to ten type win. So a strong win, but there will be a fight there. Jags Texans. Well, now the Jags are – I don't even know who the Jags are rolling with. I, I read who their backup quarterback is and already forgot forgot his name. Texans all day, the nine-point favorite. It's also in Houston. Um, Chiefs-Raiders. I'm looking at the Chiefs. They're obviously the favorite here. It's in Oakland. But the Raiders put up one heck of a game. But it's the Chiefs who are – They're, 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 they're Mike Tyson level good right now. Uh, Bears, Broncos. I figured this. Bears are two and a half point favorite, but I'm gonna go with Broncos. Based upon, it's in Denver, um, which it's always a little different playing up at altitude for the visiting teams, but more so looking at the games that they played last week. So Bears, like the Packers, did have an extra few days to prepare for this week. However, I don't think they're going to quite clean up their act all the way. I think they'll look a little bit cleaner. But I think the Broncos are a little more put together, and are, that's going to make a, make a difference, enough of a difference. where I think it'll be a close game, but I think the Broncos are, are going to squeak that one out. Saints-Rams. How interesting. The Rams, two-and-a-half-point favorite, but I think they played kind of sloppy last week against Carolina and showed that, man, um, they've got some weak points. Uh, I'm actually going to go with the Saints on this one, go with the upset here. Pulling for the Saints to... Uh, Make a move. I think they're gonna be they're they're on what I'm gonna call the revenge tour from that debacle last year in the playoffs. So uh I think this 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 has big meaning in it. Um and so it's gonna be they're gonna come out firing, come out fired up. I think the Saints are gonna take it. It's gonna be a close one though. It'll be um, then we got Battle of the Birds, Eagles, Falcons. Falcons did not have a strong showing, but Philly is only one and a half point favorite. Um, personal bias, obviously want Philly to win, but also again from a football standpoint, um, I think there's going to be a shootout. Just because the Eagles' defense didn't do much to stop Washington last week, I mean they did in the second half, but first half nothing. They were porous. Falcons, same. They didn't. They didn't really do much against. I uh, can't remember who they played, but I was kind of surprised at how much they lost by, but. I'm going to go Eagles are going to edge. I think the Eagles are going to edge them out. Just bad. They have enough defensive prowess, I think, to stop a couple drives, um, get a, get a few s- crucial stops. Oh, man. Too bad I already chose my trash compactor of the game of the week. This one, though, is a little bit more exciting because you've got some young talent. You've got uh, at, at the quarterback positions. You've got some new pieces on each team. So I think – um, I think it'll it will be better than the bills and Giants in terms of um just interesting to watch uh Brown's and jets Monday night football uh it's it's a close second for uh the trash compactor game of the week but which by the way I just made that term up this episode but I'm gonna roll with it I like it. Um the Browns are two and a half point favorite. I think this Sorry if it just blew in the mic. I think this could be an interesting this would be an interesting matchup. See two young quarterbacks going at it. Sam Darnold, obviously. He has some pieces. They got Le'Veon. Um I think it's gonna be kind of a messy game. You might see some INTs, you might see some fumbles, might see some sacks. Um, but I think it's who who you know who's gonna piece things together. And honestly, I think the Browns. I'm going to go with the Browns on this. You know, a rare move, with just how trash they normally are. But I'm going to give the Browns slight edge here. Go with the Browns. Um, I think they're going to edge them out. I think. I think. I think they're going to. They're going to build off last week where they're they're trying to get their chemistry and get their feet under them. I think they're going to have a little bit more of a grip on that, and it's going to show. And I think the Jets are just going to beat the Jets. They're they've got some pieces, but they'll never be never be able to really fully put them all together, even though I think Sam Darnold is actually maybe a slight prospect, Um, which is hilarious because the Jets, it's like a flashback to Mark Sanchez when he came from another USC quarterback comes in and looks really good for two seasons. And then all of a sudden flounders out. Um, But we'll see. We'll see what I, I don't want that to happen. It just cracks me up when I feel like I'm seeing history repeat itself almost. Um, I don't think the Jets are going to, like, make a deep playoff run like Mark Sanchez did with him his first couple seasons, but I think they'll be better. Um, but I'm anyways, I'm going to take the Browns. So there's my picks. There's my thoughts on week one, my picks for week two, and then and then a couple interesting stories on this idiotic um, wearing-a-watch nonsense and then also just the Antonio Brown saga, which the plot just continues. There's just a twist, another twist. It's like an M. Night Shyamalan film here. He's just a twist and then a twist and then a twist. And, but wait, there's going to be one final twist right at the end before we close it up. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I can't take it. Is that in my house? I'm sorry, music just started playing? And I think it's in my house. That's creepy. Um, I think it's my Google Assistant. But I'm hoping it's my wife playing games on me. We'll see. Anyways... um. Yeah, I'm going to go check this out, but that's where I'm going to end today's episode, so I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, seriously, let me know your thoughts on any of my picks, any feedback, anything like that, any trash talk, bring it on. Um, I love that, and we'll be back here again after week two to recap that and look into week three. Uh, I was hoping to get another episode done this week, just you a know, normal episode, um, but, this is, but that's all right. Um, until next time. Oh, wait. Sorry. Didn't, at Rambling Viking on Twitter or uh, the Rambling Viking at gmail, let me know your thoughts. I want to have a conversation with some people instead of just me talking with myself to myself to like three people who listen. So even if it's just a short little thing like, hey, I think they're going to win and here's why or I think you're stupid for this because I like Odell's watch. I don't know. But anything, please. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Until next time.